Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lawmaster Program. The AVB's predictions regarding the coming of the Lord God are fulfilled in the man, Tommy L. Hart. This is big, big news. The Bible's Lord God has come as predicted. But not only has the Lord God come, he has also come forward and revealed himself. He has told the people his name in compliance with Psalm 94, 1 and John 7, 4. Having performed the works that the Bible ascribes to God, the man Tommy L. Hart fills the bill for God. It is reported by those who know him best. He has done all things well. Let's hear from the Lord God, Tommy L. Hart. Thanks for tuning in. In this episode, uh, as title, Plato, Dialogues, King James Version, and Mr. Hart's works. I'm going to talk about dialogue. I will talk about monologue. I'll talk about soliloquy and tag as well. Um, Very important. And as we do this, I want you to think about Plato's dialogues. Think about his dialogues. Okay, and let's see what's in the Bible. What is there in the King James Bible? Does the King James Bible have anything to do with any dialogue, any monologue, any soliloquy, or any tag? What do we have in the King James Bible as compared to Plato's dialogues. Okay, let's begin. But first, I want to remind you, I have 14 products on Amazon.com, Kindle Books. All right, 14 products. There are actually nine books in all online, but when you consider the e-books and the paperbacks, there are 14 products online at Amazon.com, Kindle Books. And I would like for you, at the end of this uh, episode, this program, go to uh, Amazon.com, Kindle Books, and uh, pull up all books by Tommy Hart, you can put in for search, uh, you can put in Plato slash Heart, and I know that will bring them up, or All Books by Tommy L. Hart slash Plato. Okay. With that said, let's begin. Dialogue. Is there anything such as a dialogue in the, in the King James Version? or King James Bible. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, verses 1 through 5. There you have two characters. You have the serpent, 
who the Bible says is called Satan, and you have Eve, the woman. Okay? Two characters. Let's see what's going on here. Starting with Genesis 3, verse 1 through uh, through 5. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. You have a rhyme there, don't you? Subtle, feel. <laughs> but we're not talking about rhymes today. Okay. Anyway, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he, the serpent, who the Bible says is called Satan, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, ye eat. Another rhyme, but we're not dealing with that. In the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. There again, you have eat, you have the word ye, and evil. Okay, uh, and then it goes on. But let's stop there at the end of verse 5. What is going on there? You have dialogue going on. Uh, the serpent, Satan, is talking to the woman, Eve. There is a definite conversation. There is a dialogue going on. Now, let's establish a definition for dialogue, and I'm getting this from uh, uh online dictionary, dictionary.com. Uh, a conversation between two or more people. Okay, a dialogue. What is a dialogue? A dialogue is a conversation between two or more people. And that is, surely we have that in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Uh, it may be, it just may be uh, the first dialogue in the King James Bible. I didn't write that down, but I think that may be the case. The first conversation where you have an interchange of of uh, word statements, uh, interchange of words, okay, between two or more characters. So this is really the first dialogue in the King James Bible. Do not be mistaken. 
The Bible will say, the Lord God said this, I'm talking about before you get to chapter 3 and all, but you never have a definite conversation established between two or more characters until you get to Genesis chapter 3, verses, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. So we have a first dialogue, an interchange of words, ideas, okay? And that's really something. But is this the only dialogue in the Bible? I say to you, no. It's only the first. It's the first dialogue, uh, uh, to my knowledge, uh, in the King James Bible. And remember, those two characters are Satan, who is called uh, the serpent, who is called Satan, and you have Eve, who is also called the woman. Okay? Because in verse 6, you have, let's see here. Okay, in verse 2, you have, and the woman said unto the serpent. So Eve is also called the woman in the first conversation uh, given in the King James Bible. The first conversation is between two characters. Get this, get this, let this sink in. Between two characters, and those characters are the serpent, who is also called the devil, and who is also called Satan. And you have the woman, Eve. The first actual conversation in the King James Bible. Okay, now, let's move on to uh, Genesis chapter 3, same chapter, verses 9 through 13. Verses 9 through 13, and I read, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Now, this brings Adam into uh, the conversation or into the dialogue, if you will. Okay? But that first part is over. Okay? These are, you might say, different uh, scenes, different scenes, okay? We ended the first scene, and now we're into what I will call the second scene as characters on a stage, as a play, okay? The man is now introduced. They call him Adam. And the Lord God said unto Adam, I'm sorry, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And he, Adam, said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he, the Lord God, said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree, whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldst not eat? I see three words. If the question is asked, what do I see? I see three words. I see tree, thee, and eat. 
the, the tree. Three words, okay? Rhymes, okay? Rhyme words. But we're not dealing with that now, okay? We are dealing with uh, dialogue. That's the focus here, <laughs> isn't it? That's the focus here. Dialogue, and not necessarily uh, rhyme. I did rhyme the last time and the time before the last, uh, but this time I'm dealing with dialogue, monologue, soliloquy, tag, all those things, okay? But it is obvious we have a conversation going on. We have a dialogue going on. Let's get deeper into it. Verse 12, and the man said, the man has a name, doesn't he? name is Adam. And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, be me. Fine. She gave me all the tree, and I did eat. All these rhyme words. Isn't that something? Okay. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Me, eat. Okay, okay. So, uh, let's stop right there. Genesis 3, verses uh, 9 through 13. That's an interchange of words, isn't it, between three characters. The Lord God, the man Adam, and the woman Eve. Okay? Now, Satan does not speak here in this scene. Okay? But we have a definite uh, dialogue going on here. Dialogue. Plato and his dialogues. Let's name some dialogues by Plato. Okay, there's apology. All of these things are related. Okay, there's the apology, there's laws, uh, there's gorgeous, there's republic, there's mino, uh, what else? There are others. There's the seventh letter, uh, and I know that's a letter. Okay, it's called a letter, referred to as a letter. Uh, but we have many dialogues that I have written on in my books on Amazon.com, okay? Now, but we have a definite uh, second dialogue going on here between the Lord God, the woman Eve, and the man Adam. Also in, the, in, in these two readings I've done thus far, uh, we have rhyme in them. Rhyme, then, uh, as we can see by my book, Hearts, uh, ABCs of Bible Rhyme, rhyme is very important in the Bible. Rhyme is very important. Okay, so, so far, I've given you two examples of dialogue. I've given you Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And I've given you Genesis chapter 3, 9 through 13. Let's, let's do another one. Genesis 4, 
verses 9 through 16. Genesis 4, uh, 9 through 16, and I read, And the Lord said unto Cain, this is another theme, isn't it? We have another character coming into the picture named Cain. Named Cain. Rang. Okay, named Cain. Okay, anyway, and the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he, Cain, said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, the Lord, what hast thou done? Isn't that what he asked the woman? He asked the woman, what is this that thou hast done? When I think of those two questions, the Bible asks this right here. Well, it's, it's right here. What hast thou done? Now, the Bible speaks to the individual as well. It speaks to the Lord God. It speaks to you. It speaks to me. What have I done? That's the question, isn't it? He said, what hast thou done? And the other question says, what is this that thou hast done? Let me answer the question. I have one examined the, the content of the King James Bible. Okay? I have found out the mysteries, identified them, and solved them, the mysteries that are in the King James Version. And all of that is in my archives, Lawmaster Archives. Okay? What hast thou done, Tommy Hart? Tommy Hart, what hast thou done? I have discovered the relationship between Plato's dialogues and King James Bible content. He asks, what have I done, right? What have you done? Okay, yes, I have established the relationship between Plato's dialogues and King James Bible content. And in addition, I have written four books and uh, I have written nine books, okay, which are on Amazon.com, Kindle Books, all right? And all in all, I have placed 14 products on Amazon.com, Kindle Books. That's one answer to the question, what hast thou done, comma, Tommy Hart, or Tommy Hart, comma, what hast thou done? Simply put, what have you done? What have you done? In with respect to Bible content and Plato's uh, dialogues, uh, all the works attributed to dialogues, what have you done? I have connected the content of the King James Bible to Plato's dialogues. That is what I have done. Now the question uh, is also to to you. If you, it's to you. Okay. Also, what have you done? Okay. 
can you say what you've done with respect to King James Bible content and uh, Plato's Dialogues? Let's start again with this reading. Genesis chapter 4, 9 through 13. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth. Cursed earth. Rhyme. But we are not dealing with that now at this time. Rhyme. Time. Okay. Which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. We stop there. No, no, we don't. We continue. Verse 12, when thou tillest the ground, the Lord God is doing the talking, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever saith Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Okay, in 16, and Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. He went off the stage, okay, and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. There we have another interchange of words, thoughts, ideas. We have another, uh, another dialogue. Another dialogue. This dialogue was or is between Cain and the Lord. Only two characters on stage in that scene. Okay? And at the end of the scene, uh, Cain leaves the stage. He exits the stage. So, I've shown you three instances of dialogue in the King James Bible, and we only got to the uh, uh, to the uh, we only got into the fourth chapter. Okay, fourth chapter of the Bible, and we already have established uh, three definite dialogues. Okay, a dialogue, a conversation between two or more. And isn't that what we have in this dialogue between the Lord and Cain? Yes, it is. Just as we had in the preceding dialogue, uh, a conversation between the Lord God, Adam, and Eve. The Lord God, the man, and the woman. And in the first dialogue, we had the serpent, who is also called Satan, and the woman, who is called Eve. 
three instances of dialogue, and they're all within the first four chapters of the King James Bible. So we don't have to go far to find dialogue in the King James Bible. Now, let me give you an instance of narration. I don't know whether I said narration at the beginning, but narration is certainly uh, one of these uh, tools, items, okay, in uh, literary works, some literary works, okay, narration. Okay, Genesis chapter 4, we start at verse 17. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch, and he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch, and unto Enoch was born Erad. Now, that's narration, okay? So we have an instance of narration. There's much narration going on in the Bible, starting with Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. A sequential, uh, a sequence, let's see how to say this, okay? Uh, a chronologic, okay, setting in order events. The orderly setting of events and telling uh, of events that happen, okay? Whether it's fiction or nonfiction, okay, we are not talking about whether these things are true and what things are true and what things are false. We're not talking about that in this, in this episode. We're talking about what do we see in the King James Bible as compared to uh, Plato's Dialogues. We are keeping that in our thought, in our thoughts, forefront of our mind. We are keeping that, uh, thinking about all the time, thinking about Plato and his dialogues, his characters, okay? So we have from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through to, uh, let's see here. We can say all the way through to. Uh, chapter 3, verse 1, that we have a narration of events. A narration of events. Okay? And they, you know, and you can see the order, orderness of it, uh, the orderliness of it. You can see uh, in the beginning, you know, God created the heaven and the earth. This he did on day 1. This he did on day 2, on day 3, all the day through days, all through day 7 and all. And he makes the man and all, and he makes the garden and all. And uh, he, we eventually get to chapter 3, where we have the first uh, legitimate dialogue. Okay? Okay. So narration. Narration. As I said, there's a lot of narration in the Bible, in the King James Bible. There's a lot of talking going on in the King James Bible. Uh, there, there's a, a lot of uh, dialogue going on. Uh, there's even monologue going on in the Bible. Monologue. Let's see what we have here. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3, 
verses 14 through 19. Monologue, Genesis chapter 3, 14 through 19. Monologue. Let's see what the monologue said. And who is speaking the monologue in the monologue? Okay. Let's see here. Genesis chapter 3, 9 through, no, 14 through 19. Okay. 14 through 19. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Heel, seed, well, I don't know about that. Maybe, okay, you determine that. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow, and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, tree thee, uh, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. All right? All of that. The Lord is doing the talking. It's, quite a, it's a lengthy talk. It is a dialogue. Did you notice no one else said anything? Uh, no one has said anything. The Lord did uh, what is illustrated is a monologue, okay, where in one, uh, one character uh, monopolizes the conversation, okay? One character dominates or monopolizes the conversation. A monologue there. Okay, what's next? A soliloquy. A soliloquy. Let's see here. A soliloquy. And where do we have that? Genesis chapter 2, verses, verse 18. Let me put this where I can see it. Genesis chapter 2, verses eight, verse 18. A soliloquy. Verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. Okay. The, the narrator is talking there. He's telling us something about the Lord, okay? And maybe this uh, gives us some information about the character of the Lord, who is a character, okay? Now, remember, this is a story, okay? All right. And it says, 
uh, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. Imagine this. All other characters have left the stage. The Lord is left on the stage by himself, and uh, he's saying as if talking to himself or as though no one else is around that can hear him, and he says, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him, a help meet that is for him, a help that is appropriate for him, okay? Uh, so, and so it goes on, the narrator goes on and says, and out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them, and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. So we have that statement that gives us some insight into the thinking of the Lord uh, in, in chapter 2, verse 18. Okay? Let's see, let's see Genesis three twenty two. Genesis three twenty two. It says, "And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever." Imagine again, the Lord is on the stage. The others may still be around him, you know, uh, Adam, Eve. Uh, they may be or may not be, but it's as though the Lord is on the stage and he's and, and we're getting insight into his thinking. What is he thinking? He's thinking about, well, it, it tells us what he, his, it tells us his thought. Behold, the man has become as one of us. Hmm. Notice, the Lord just thinking, hmm. The man has become as one of us, mm, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Mm. I say this, I must stop him. Mm. Mm. That's the inference. I've got to stop this. Okay? I've got to get him out of here. Okay? Okay, but that's the thought. That's the uh, soliloquy, okay? That's that's a, an example of a soliloquy. Okay. Get into the inner mind or we hear the inner, th the inner thinking of an individual that's on stage, okay? And then the narrator picks up again. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden, to till the ground from whence he was taken. Okay. Now, we have a monologue here also in Genesis 6 through 13. I, I, I think I skipped 5, huh? Chapter 5. But anyway, six, chapter 6, 13 through 21. Let's read. And God said unto Noah, uh, this is a monologue. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. God is talking to Noah. 
Okay. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which pitch which rhyme. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, Two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. Keep thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shalt thou bring and shall come into, I'm sorry, two of every sort shall come unto thee. To keep them alive, keep thee, and take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. That is another example of a monologue. Lengthy, isn't it? One person is doing the talking. Two characters. Because it begins by saying, God said unto Noah. So you have two characters, but only one is talking. One character monopolizes the uh, the conversation. Okay? Now, so I've given examples, uh, two examples of monologue. I've given example of a soliloquy. I've given examples of dialogues. I've uh, given an example of narration. Now we have the word tag, T-A-G. What part does a tag play? A tag. Let's look back at Genesis 6, verse 13, which we just left. It starts out in verse 13 saying, And God said unto Noah, That is a tag. Well, I'm pretty sure some of you knew that. There are probably others who don't know it or didn't know it. So, and God said unto Noah, that is a tag. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3, where we have the serpent and the woman, Satan and Eve. Okay. Narration, verse 1 of chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Okay, narrate part of narration. Okay, part of the narrative. Okay, and he said unto the woman, 
that is a tag. And he said unto the woman, a tag. Yeah, as God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, in verse 2, it says, and the woman said unto the serpent. That's the second tag there. We may eat of the fruit of the garden, fruit of the trees of the garden. Verse 4, and the serpent said unto the woman, another tag. So what is the tag doing? The tag is allowing us to know who is doing the talking. Because in order for us to understand and follow the dialogue, we must know, we must have knowledge of who is doing the speaking each time something is said. So the tag is very important. Okay? So things like that, they they are tags. Okay? Now we have narration in verse 6 of chapter 3. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired, eyes, desired, another rhyme, to make one wise, eyes, desired, three words right there, three words, my people. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also uh, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And you know that you cannot rhyme a word with that same word. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made them themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now, that is, uh, that is, uh, that is narration. The narrator speak, you know, spoke in that lengthy uh, part that I just read. That was narration. All right, we can. It allows us to follow the action. Okay, narration. It helps us in following the action, seeing the events as they happen. Okay, and so all of these things are important. And then we have following that, and the Lord God called unto unto Adam. And said unto him, okay, that's a tag, because it, it tells us who's talking. Who says, where art thou? The Lord God says, where art thou? Okay? So that's a tag. It, it lets us know who asked that question. Okay. We have spoken about dialogue. We have spoken about monologue. We have spoken and given examples of, or, or yeah, of uh, soliloquy. We have even spoken of the tag and the narrator and the narration. We've done quite a bit. Uh, yes, we have. We've done quite a bit. Let's see. Uh, okay. So what do we get from these things? What do we get from what have I said? I have said in, in bringing forth these things that the King James Bible contains 
dialogue. And we've been talking about dialogue for quite some time. We've been speaking about Plato's dialogues. We've been speaking from Plato's dialogues. Okay? So there's another, what what have I said? Uh, um, what Plato does is done in the Bible. Okay, let's put it like that. What Plato does in his writings, in his writings, the Bible also do. That's that's another sign of the relationship. The things I have shown you in this episode, when compare and compare them against, and we thought about things that are in Plato's dialogues. All you have to do is go back in, into my archives, okay? I've been dealing with Plato since about, okay, about nine or ten months, okay? About nine months or so, okay? So all you have to do is just go back, pull up those episodes, and listen and learn, listen and learn about the connection between Plato's dialogues and King James Bible content, and we see here another very important, obvious, and visible sign of connection, sign of relationship, in that the King James Bible has dialogue, it has monologue, it has soliloquy, it has monologue, it has tags, it has a narrator, it has narration, literary items. Okay, literary items, tools. Okay, Plato, his dialogues, his dialogues, dialogues in the Bible. Okay, and sometimes in, in Plato's dialogues, you have a monologue because sometimes one character speaks on and on, just as in examples that I gave in this episode minutes ago. The same thing happens in Plato, uh, in Plato's dialogue. The same thing. These, all of these things that I've said within these nine months or so about Plato dialogues and King James Bible content, they are true. They are strong signs of relationship, a likeness. Sameness, the sameness. Okay? Plato has characters in his dialogues. The characters interchange, uh, they, they talk. Okay? They talk, just as in examples that I gave you. Sometimes one character goes on for a length, you know, a length of time. And uh, just as I showed you in here, in the AVB. Okay? Uh, a monologue, okay? Tags, tags. In his, in Plato's dialogues, we can know, we are given information as to who is doing the talking. We can follow the speech. We can know who is speaking at any given time in Plato's dialogues, just as in the King James Bible, we can know who is speaking at any given time. 
we can detect monologues in Plato's uh, dialogues. We can uh, detect monologues in King James Bible content, uh, and so forth and so forth. The word, the term likeness, I mean sameness, S-A-M-E-N-E-S-S. The term sameness characterizes Plato's dialogues and King James Bible content. Sameness. Sameness. Same manner of speech. Same tools used. Sameness. Some of the same names are in each Plato's dialogues and King James Bible content. Some of the very same names. <laughs> Sameness characterizes Plato's dialogues and King James Bible content. Sameness. Sameness. Oh, boy. We have learned so much, and whether it is little or much, it is so important. The things we have learned about Plato's dialogues and King James Bible content are so important. Now, as you read the Bible, or you hear the preacher or whoever reading the Bible, you can say, wow, that's a dialogue right there. A dialogue, we have a dialogue going on in, in that passage, uh, okay, in those passages uh, or, or scriptures, you know, verses, okay. Uh, or, wow, that was a lengthy speech by that uh, speaker. Uh, that's a monologue, okay. Or he reads something like, and, and, and Jesus said, that's a tag. That's a tag. Peter said, Moses said, the Lord said, tag. Mary said, Jonah said, tags. Okay? I think that's good. I think that's very good. Very good. It's like these things are waking you to Scripture. These things, not just these, but these and all other things that I've pointed out and been pointing out for the past nine or so months, it's, it's like they awaken you to Scripture. Matter of fact, it, it, it seems Scripture comes alive. You know some things about it. You know some things about it. And knowing is a very good thing. Yes, knowing is a very good thing. And you notice how as I went through these different dialogue, different things, dialogues, monologues, tags, soliloquy and all, as I went through them, I even pointed out rhyme. All of these things working together. This is amazing. I pointed out rhyme as I read. I may have missed a few. But I did point out some. <laughs> and rhyme was not the necessary or absolute topic. But we I could not overlook it because I just spoke about it uh yesterday on the program. So it's there those things are there to be seen, people. It's just as easy as that. Whatever is there, whether it's rhyme, 
dialogue, monologue, soliloquy, tag, narrator speaking, uh, narration going on, whatever is there is meant to be seen. Everything that is there in the AZB is meant to be seen, just like everything in Plato's, any one of Plato's dialogues. It's meant to be seen. It's meant to be understood. These are very good, this is very good knowledge. I have to say it myself. This is, like I said the last time, this information makes one wiser, okay? It makes one wiser than he was. It makes one wiser than he was, okay? This information is enlightening, whether we are talking about the rhyme, whether we are talking about uh, comparing Plato's dialogues with King James Bible content, uh, whether we are talking about dialogues and monologues and soliloquies and all like that and tags and narrator and narration, it's very good, very good. So with that, I close with these words. Go to Amazon.com, Amazon.com, pull up Tommy Hart, uh, all books by Tommy Hart, all books by Tommy L. Hart, and that's Tommy L. Middle Initial. It's not E.L. Hart, E-L-H-A-R-T. It's Tommy Hart or Tommy L. Middle Initial Hart, H-A-R-T, or do uh, Plato slash, slash Hart, Plato slash Hart, Google it, and uh, my words should come up. By the set or by one at a time, but by all means, obey the command, the King James Bible commandment, which says, by the truth. By, B-U-Y, by, purchase, obtain, Get to yourself the truth. Do it. Be obedient to the word. Be obedient. Isn't that nice? And get that which increases your knowledge. <laughs> your church does not increase your knowledge of Bible content. I know because I've been there. Been there, done that. Seen it. It does not. I've looked into the matter. All of that is in, in my archives, Blog Talk, uh, Lawmaster Archives. Okay, but do do that. Go to Amazon.com and make your purchase. And do do this also for me. Tell others about my work. Tell others uh, that I am on Amazon, I mean on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Tell others I am on Twitter. Give them the, 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 the addresses and all like that. Uh, tell them about my books on uh Amazon.com. Tell them. Tell them. What did the woman do at the well when uh, she met Jesus after meeting Jesus and talking with him? That's a dialogue going on right there. Okay? Uh, John chapter 4, between Jesus and the woman at the well. A dialogue is going on there. But what did she do at the end of the dialogue? She went back into the city and told the men, come see a man 
that who has told me all things I ever did. Come see him. This man got some knowledge, okay? I added that part. But tell others about me and tell others about my work. And in order for you to be able to tell others about my work, you got to learn about my work. But you don't have to know everything about my works to tell other people. You know, you need to tune in to this, this guy. You need to tune in to him. He has some information, okay? So tell others about him, about me, about Amazon, books on Amazon.com, about Lawmaster Archives. Oh, yeah, point them to Lawmaster Archives. Okay, enough said. Follow me on Twitter. Do always make Lawmaster Archives your dwelling place. And go to Amazon.com right away. Till the next time. Thank you.